Welcome everybody, my name is Corey Allen and of course this is The Overton Report. Now, I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to BigPatriotRadio.com. That is where you can hear us exclusively first every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And stay tuned, my fellow South Carolinians, because we are working on bringing Big Patriot Radio to FM and AM platforms all over the state. Georgia, North Carolina, you're next. Be prepared. To be honest, I mean, we we have a couple of goals. We have a couple of goals, uh, not only on this show, the Overton Report, but also uh, with Big Patriot Radio in general, which has classic rock and, and uh, uh, American country music most of the time, followed by nightly conservative commentators, grassroots folks, people who are in the mix, who know what's going on in their locales. We've got New America Movement. Uh, and they're based out of the upstate in Pickens. We've got uh, Beaufort County House of Cards, based out of Beaufort, uh, which is run by Mike Covert. And I'll tell you what, whoo, former uh, county councilman down in Beaufort County, and he knows what's really going on in the low country, Jeff Zapp. Jeff Zapp's show is uh, really a think piece. When you When you listen to Jeff Zapp, you see things from different perspectives. And that is key. That is extremely important in today's political and social climate. So uh, shout out to Jeff for that. Now, of course, you could also hear us at the Overton Report a couple of days after you hear us on Big Patriot Radio. If you go to theovertonreport.substack.com. That's our Substack. Now, listen, that's also where we write a lot of our exposés and our pieces and our investigations and the results thereof. You're going to really enjoy those because I'll tell you, a lot of the stories that you've heard, a lot of the stories that you read that come out of South Carolina, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to brag, but we break them from the kids who were stopped from singing at the, uh, in, at the Capitol recently. That was us. We broke that story all the way to, to to trans ideology being forced onto children to all the way to us getting stamped by Ibram X. Kendi, the de facto primary resource for children that teachers, well, leftist activists disguised as teachers, use to indoctrinate children and turn them into uh, radical left ideologues. All of these things we work on relentlessly, and there are investigations. Now, look, we are a uh, an independent organization, so a lot of our investigations, they do take time because, unfortunately, I don't have 75 people I can pay. We rely on myself, uh, connections and friends that we have made, volunteers who have something that they wish to expose, whistleblowers, and my wife for research. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's the organization. Now, a lot of people ask me, what does the Overton Report mean? What is the Overton Report? Now, a few years ago, we decided to name our organization the Overton Report, and we based that on the concept of the Overton window. 
Now keep in mind, when we, uh, when we began doing what we do, uh, the way we began was uh, we went to an event in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. The city was, was discussing tearing down a 120-year-old monument of John C. Calhoun uh, and, and, and removing it from Marion Square. Uh, spoiler alert, they did remove it. However, it was still up when we went. And when we went to this event, there were about 150 people. All of them were, we're talking families, we're talking children as young as three, actually probably newborns in the arms of their parents. We're talking wheelchair-bound elderly folks, all there to say, look, we don't want history torn down. And this was in mid-2020, about probably June, actually, May, somewhere in there. And the media was there, Live 5 News, Island Packet, the state newspaper, News 2, uh, tons of, um, I mean, even uh, various Fox affiliates, all of this, right? They were there and they were filming what was going on. And what happened from that point was extremely intriguing and disheartening, in my opinion. About 200 to 250 Black Bloc Antifa members and BLM members, because remember, this is 2020, this is the height of you're not allowed to go outside <laughs> if, if you don't have a mask on. Actually, the city of Charleston was writing tickets to people for not having a mask on at that point, literally, right? Outside. Uh, this was when businesses were closing down. You remember, and I hope you never forget what the left did because they, they threatened a, a legitimate revolution, Bolshevik style, we will burn everything to the ground revolution. And this was actually just about a week or two after the main riot that had taken place in Charleston, South Carolina. So tensions were high, okay? So all the news is there. Police officers from, from uh, the city of Charleston, who are, are under the direct supervision of Mayor John Tecklenburg at that time, and still today, uh, were there. And Black Bloc Antifa starts walking up out of the alleyways. Four black boys locked up! Hey, Get the fuck out of here! Fucking coon! Hey. Wanna be black, man? Go be over there with the white people like you want to be, bro! Black boys is matter! Black, black boys is matter! into Marion Square, there, and, and what do I mean when I say Black Block Antifa? So basically what that means is these are the ones that, that wear black ski masks, black shirts, black pants, black shoes, and they've got makeshift body armor, or you know, if their parents have a lot of money, they have actual body armor, things like that. And they start walking into Marion Square, where, like I said, about 100 to 150, men, women, children, elderly, and wheelchairs and walkers are standing, and they start pulling soup cans and frozen water bottles out of coolers and start throwing them into the crowd. Meanwhile, as this is happening, I'm standing there, my wife is standing there, the media, we are watching them film this entire thing happen. At the end of this event, <laughs> which wasn't supposed to be the end, but it had to be, the, the paramilitaristic 
tactics of BLM and Antifa at that moment worked to uh, intimidate the city police, which are controlled by the mayor. And it was the most enlightening thing that I've ever experienced in my life, okay, until a few days later. I watched mainstream media from all over the state of South Carolina and even national affiliates film paramilitary leftists throwing frozen water bottles and I literally watched them knock an old woman out of her wheelchair. I literally watched frozen water bottles hit children in their face. And then I watched the police retreat and then force us to leave. And I watched the mainstream media film every second of it. And then I spent the next three days checking the news. Surely, certainly, I said to my, to my wife, surely, Caitlin, the media will tell people what happened, right? I know CNN won't, even though I saw a CNN van there. I know MSNBC won't, but, but surely our local affiliates, surely the Island Packet, surely the state newspaper, surely they will release the film of what happened to the elderly and the children at this event on this day. So almost religiously, we watched the news, we read the news, we were constantly refreshing our computers on their pages. And what did we see? We saw one narrative with four photos. And those four photos all consisted of after Black Bloc Antifa and their BLM affiliates in Charleston, which by the way, no longer exists because of what we did. They completely collapsed, turned on each other. And it was a glorious, uh, a glorious win for conservatism, and I'm glad to have played a part in that. But all it consisted of was them on their knees after they had thrown these water bottles and made children bleed. The news published photographs and, and short videos of them kneeling, and the headlines were, were things like, protesters say that they want John C. Calhoun's statue taken down. That was it. So after three days of that, we ordered a $250 camera off of Amazon, and we decided, I decided, actually, and it took a lot of convincing to my wife because, you know, my safety is important to her, not so much to me. I decided that there was no choice but for me to follow these criminals, these leftist, tyrannical revolutionaries, these useful idiots around Charleston and other places in the state and show you, show we the people what's really going on. And that's what we did. And that led to death threats. That led to us having guns pulled on us on camera, which you can always see on our YouTube at the Overton Report, on our Rumble, the Overton Report, and on my Facebook. Corey Allen, Corey.Allen.Overton, or just search Overton Report and I'll pop right up. That is how our journey began. A couple weeks later, after I got that $250 camera, we, uh, there was another 
event where the left was flipping tables over of people dining outside in Charleston and, and wreaking havoc, breaking windows. And then they, they settled at Marion Square once again, which is on the corner of King and Calhoun. And uh, lo and behold, we see the mayor. We see the mayor. He's in his car, eating takeout, watching these leftists accost and assault people who have come to the city, whether they're tourists, whether they live there, they were scared. And he's just watching it, eating popcorn, like it's a movie, like it's a movie. And we confronted him. We have Antifa and BLM down here. And then we have Tecklenburg here. Actually, you know, to be a little bit more, to be a little bit more frank, that was about the time that I realized that the reason that I had survived uh, the adversity that I have faced in the past and the uh, the opiate addiction that that I have faced, the reason that I was able to defeat that by the grace of God that doctor prescribed opiate addiction, the reason that I was able to survive, the reason that I was able to, that I was allowed to survive. Because remember, only 1% of people who become opiate addicts survive. And that's a, that's a high, that's like best case scenario. I realized that my life from that point forward must be dedicated to saving a nation that I love. And I'm here. At the same time, the Overton Report. Where does the word Overton come from? It comes from the Overton window. At the same time, I realized that conservative values, God-loving, God-fearing, patriotic values had been tossed out of the Overton window. How do I know this? Cancel culture. What is the Overton window? Well, here's, here's the best way to describe it. This is one of the ways that I describe it when people ask me. The Overton window is this political and sociological concept. And what, what Dr. Overton said was anything within the Overton window, you are allowed to discuss. You are allowed to write peer-reviewed studies about. 
you're allowed to, to talk about in polite society, in public, etc., etc., and anything outside of the Overton window, well, if you talk about that, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a kook, you're a psycho, you're useless, you're, you're ostracized from society, right? Cancel culture. Do you see? Do you see? UFOs are a great example of this. If, if, if a pilot in the 1950s were to talk about seeing a UFO, they would, they would be fired. They would have their clearance revoked. They would never be able to fly a plane again. And they would be possibly sent to the loony bin. Because talking about seeing a UFO at that point was outside of the Overton window. Nowadays, some of the, the, the brightest minds in the world talk about UFOs. And you can have a legitimate discussion. Basically, it's the window of acceptable discourse. And I know, and you know, we know that conservative values, conservative issues, conservative policy, the left and the establishment and the globalists have attempted with some success to toss every single belief that we hold dear and know to be true outside of the Overton window. But I will never stop telling the truth and saying what I know to be true, because I do research everything I say. You're not going to hear conjecture. You're not going to hear gossip, rumor. You're not going to hear that here, unless there's a massive disclaimer before, during, and after it. But, I, but, but, but we all know that our beliefs, which so many are, are so objectively true, we know that the American left and the globalist economic tyranny that's taking over is trying to toss all of these things outside of the Overton window. Hence, my name is Corey Allen, and this is the Overton Report. We saw this especially with COVID, and we're seeing it now with, uh, with the books. The, the, the books that, the, 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 the literal pornography that the left and the uh, education associations and the, the, the federal education bureaucracy are trying to push into the classrooms of, of, of small children. We're seeing it undeniably. And that brings me into my next topic. Let me be clear that since the moment that the Overton Report and myself began blowing up, uh, we have been relentlessly attacked, usually by leftists, initially especially, uh, initially by leftists. Now, unfortunately, some of the people who, initial, uh, who, who had begun by uh, refusing to work with me or being too afraid to join the events that we were doing, but then later tried to take credit for them because of how direct our confrontations were with Antifa and BLM. Uh, recently, some of them have been using very similar tactics in an attempt to discredit me. But like I said, look at my work. Look at my work. Show me anything I've done, anything that I've ever reported on, written about, any event I've ever held, anything that I've accomplished, and tell me that I'm not on the side of conservatism. 
you can't do that in good faith. So therefore, these people like the left and like these uh, certain fake conservatives who aren't fit to lead a Girl Scout troop, much less a political movement, they have to make things up and they have to lie and they have to attempt to discredit, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not for today. That's for the next show. So I hope you tune into that one. Uh, Lebrec usually is the left and, and mainstream media, like the Post and Courier. The Post and Courier. This is my next topic. Steve Bailey is a writer for the Post and Courier. He's one of their main opinion piece writers. He's, he's their guy, okay? Recently, he wrote an article. July 9th, 2023, Steve Bailey wrote an article, front page of Post and Courier on the Sunday edition. Here's the headline. And it would make you think like, wow, he gets it, right? Be careful. Be careful with these grifters, with these hypocrites, okay? But here, here's, the, uh, here's the headline. Why, quote, this book is gay, end quote, and others don't belong in your school's library. Keep in mind, this is July 9th. Let me just read you the first part. Banning books from school libraries is all the rage these days. So I decided to do something about it. I read some of the books. Well, that's nice that he decided to read some of the books that so many of us have been advocating against for so long, isn't it? Keep that in mind, what you just heard. He said, and it's surprising what you can learn by reading. Like some of these books really don't belong in school libraries available to ninth graders. He goes on to talk about the book that's titled This Book is Gay. He said, uh, the problem is not that the book is about growing up gay or trans, but that it's an explicit how-to sex manual that somehow found a place in a high school library. Hmm. The challenging part here is showing you, my adult readers, what's actually in this and some of the other books that have been restricted. That's because there's no way the editors of this newspaper are going to publish what school librarians have been handing over to 14-year-olds. This makes no sense. Adults can't read here what kids can in school? Wait a second. And you're like, wow, wow, this dude really gets it. But some of you, especially those of you who have been followers of mine uh, for any amount of time, specifically over the past about, uh, I don't know, eight months. If you've been following me for eight months or longer, and we've been at this for years, then you would know about this other Steve Bailey article that was on the front page of the Posting Courier on a Sunday edition, sent out to every corner of South Carolina, not to mention border towns in North Carolina and Georgia not to mention online blasted everywhere one of his one of his most read articles that he's ever written actually here's the headline of that article from november 19th of this past year less than eight months ago moms for liberty cooking up shrimp and grits in revolution charleston style and you might be like well where did he get that where did he get that shrimp and grits in revolution where, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you where he got that. He actually took that title from a caption of one of my Facebook posts. Why? Because the entire article goes on to speak poorly about Tara Wood, the Charleston County 
chapter chair of Moms for Liberty, and myself, Corey Allen of the Overton Report, <laughs> calling us extremists for trying to remove these very types of books from children's libraries. Again, if you have followed me for any amount of time, you know that the books that I have railed against being included in children's libraries are political indoctrination books and sexually explicit, extremely graphic books that you would never want your child to read. Books that you probably wouldn't want to read yourself. So let me tell you, let me tell you what, uh, what this guy says. Because basically we're dealing with two Steve Baileys here, right? said, the founder of Charleston's 15-month-old Moms for Liberty chapter, Tara Wood, which champions, quote, parental rights in the schools, is a Mount Pleasant real estate agent, a mom and stepmom, a wife and proud owner of two dogs. And here, this is the part you really need to pay attention to. She is also a friend of Corey. She is also a friend of Corey. That would be Corey Allen, he continues. The right-wing radical who became known in Charleston two years ago for helping organize a rally that drew a swarm of proud boys and eventually cost Harry Griffin a city council seat. Uh, the rally that he's referring to was uh, us rallying against the gentrification of downtown Charleston, asking Mayor Tecklenburg to resign, and railing against the largest tax increase in Charleston's history, which is a long history considering the city was founded in the early 1600s. So that's far right, guys. A month later, Allen, who runs the online Overton Report, would be on the steps of the U.S. Capitol live streaming the January 6th insurrection. Uh, I got a problem with the word insurrection. But here's his, he, the next thing I'm going to read you is his, uh, this is his proof that I'm a radical, a right-wing extremist radical, okay? He quotes me from one of the live streams where, again, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, Washington Times, New York, like all of these, all of these outlets were there, right? And I'm an independent journalist, okay? So here's the quote that, according to Steve Bailey, makes me... Corey Allen of the Overton Report, a right-wing extremist. During the January 6th protest, we were one, we were one of the uh, first couple of hundred people on this on the grounds of the Capitol because our intent was to film everybody walking from the Washington Monument where the the speech was being held by Donald Trump and and others. We wanted to film them walking up to the Capitol just to. We thought it would be a good a good video to to record. When we got there, things were starting to get a little wild. So here's the quote that he uses to say that I'm a right-wing radical extremist. And, and, and also keep in mind that now, apparently, as of a couple of days ago, he completely agrees with everything I've said about the books that we've been fighting to get out of schools and out of the hands of children. Quote, it's crazy out here, guys. It's crazy. Allen says to chants of, quote, USA, USA, from the mob all around him. So me saying it's crazy out here, guys, it's crazy, makes me a right-wing radical extremist. Well, that alongside the fact that I wanted books like This Book is Gay, The Gay BCs, Gender Queer, Stamped, 
all boys aren't blue, etc., etc. The list goes on and on and on out of schools. Those things make me a right-wing radical. He, he goes on to say, fast forward to this May. The setting is very different. The unruly mob at the Capitol has been replaced by the polite moms at Alhambra Hall in Mount Pleasant, which is where Moms for Liberty Charleston holds their annual fundraising event. It's a fundraiser. And the line for shrimp and grits is long. Everyone is having a wonderful time. There's Tara Wood smiling next to Corey Allen and another mom and another mom. It's all memorialized in half a dozen photos on Corey Allen's Facebook page, says, ex, which says, ex, quote, exposing friends to extremist content. <laughs> quote, thank you again for being there, Corey, Wood writes on the page. Quote, proud to help, he says under another photo. It's not like it's a one-off. Steve Bailey, the previous everybody who wants porn out of schools is a far-right extremist, Bailey says. It's not a one-off. In September, Allen approvingly publishes the Moms for Liberty list of endorsed candidates in the upcoming school board election. A week later, he's at another mom's meeting. There's Allen and Wood smiling together again. Quote, we're coming for the school boards in the state house, by the way, warns Allen. You should be aware of it if you weren't already. <laughs> this guy, he goes on and on, on and on, on and on, right? And then at the end, at the end of this article, which is, again, called Shrimp and Grits and Revolution, Charleston style, he says, in our divided, angry world, this is no recipe for consensus building. Public engagement is critical. The distortions the Moms for Liberty and their extremist friend, Corey Allen, are selling are destructive. Okay. All that we've been, quote, selling is the fact that a lot of these books that these school librarian association groups and national education association groups are, are attempting to force into the minds of literal children are pornographic in nature, violent. We're talking rape. We're talking just some of the most insane stuff, stuff that I can't say here. Stuff that I, neither me nor you would be able to, to speak on at an actual school board meeting. Things that would get you arrested for saying publicly in a park. All we have ever done is say that those things are not appropriate for school libraries or school curriculum or school classrooms. And what were we called? We were called right-wing extremists. We were called dangerous by name. I was called dangerous for believing what Steve Bailey himself a few days ago, a few short days ago, admitted that he also believes. But again, when he believes it is because he read the books and he finally decided to do his research eight months after deeming anyone who believed what he now believes an extremist. He's gaslighting you. He's gaslighting you because that's what people who work for the Post and Courier and other mainstream media outlets always do. If you're the first to call something out, you're evil. Let me rephrase that. If you are a conservative who is the first to call out something insane and insidious, 
that the left is doing, then the mainstream media paints you as evil, far-right, extremist, domestic terrorist, terrible, etc., etc. But eight months to a year later, when they express the exact same view, it's because, well, now we have reviewed the evidence and we've decided that uh, this is the way it is. Does that not sound familiar to you? Here, here, does this sound familiar to you? The science changed. The consensus changed. No, what was right then is right now. Just because you simply finally decided to look into it objectively and came to the exact same conclusions that the people you deemed right-wing extremists yesterday were begging you to listen to, doesn't mean that, it, that suddenly you're the virtuous one. Steve Bailey, you didn't even reach out to me before calling me a right-wing extremist and, and selling something destructive eight months ago when you published that article. You didn't reach out to me. If you would have, I would have been happy to send you This Book is Gay and The Gay BCs and Gender Queer. I would have been happy to send you these books so that you could look into them yourselves. I would have been happy to send you screenshots. But no, you were intent on deeming me the enemy of truth eight months ago. And somehow, for some reason, eight months later, you decided to finally look into what I was saying. Look into what I have been saying all along. And you came to the same conclusion. Does that make you a right-wing extremist, bigoted, whatever the hell? Or does that mean you finally caught up to an independent journalist who you looked down upon for no reason simply because I was right before you even had the guts to look in to what you were spewing about? You're not getting a pass on this. I expect a full retraction. I expect an apology. I, you know what? As a matter of fact, I expect, I expect a personal phone call from you to apologize to me. As a matter of fact, I would be happy to, uh, to have a discussion with you and maybe we can publish it all over. Let's publish that discussion. But first, that would mean you would have to do your due diligence and know what you're talking about before you start spouting off at the mouth on your platform in one of the largest newspapers in our state. How dare you? How dare you? So is this the standard you hold yourself to? You call people right-wing radicals and extremists and every name in the book that, that you can think of in order to ostracize and alienate and discredit them, and then afterwards you look into what they're saying? Is that your MO? Is that what you do? Is that your normal plan of attack? Because if it is, how do we take anything you've ever written seriously? If you refuse to look into the accusations you're making, if you refuse to read children's books or books meant for children, if that is too beneath you before you go and make accusations of everyone else being a bigot for saying these books are inappropriate for children, if that's who you are, then you're only further proof 
that the mainstream media is trash and should never, ever be trusted. And that brings me actually to a uh, to another point that is directly adjacent. The National Education Association right now is recommending that all teachers in the country during summer read the book Gender Queer as well as the book White Fragility by one of the most insane schizophrenic psychopaths in literary history, which is saying a lot because, I mean, think about it for a second. Literary history, writers are nuts, okay? Let me tell you that from experience. I'm a writer. Writers are nuts. So saying that White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo is written by one of the most insane individuals in modern history is saying a lot, okay? Uh, and Genderqueer, which of course is a literal pornographic book with illustrations that I don't even feel comfortable describing to you, but which Steve Bailey called me a right-wing extremist for saying isn't appropriate less than a year ago. Keep that in mind. So the NEA is uh, the National Education Association. They are the largest teachers union in the country and even in states like South Carolina where they don't actually have a, a, a functional union, they still have so much power, a lot of lobbying power. Uh, they control probably about 54% of our state house and at least 65% of our state senate through their lobbying efforts. So they are recommending, which I mean, they're recommending in the same way that Stalin recommended that you don't speak bad about him, right? So a recommendation is not a recommendation, it's a demand. Uh, they're, quote, recommending that the teachers all become extremely familiar with genderqueer and white fragility. Those two books, among other extremely egregious, uh, egregiously explicit works of literature. God, I, I, I can't even believe I just used the term literature when referring to the drivel that they're speaking about. But this tells you what you need to know. This fight is not over. The fight over books in schools, the fight over the indoctrination via these books is just beginning. It's not going to stop. If you're a follower of mine, you already know. You already know all you need to know about genderqueer and white fragility because we've spoken on it multiple times. Because unlike Steve Bailey, before we speak on an issue or a book, we actually read the book and study the issue. Because I don't know, I, I, I didn't go to journalism school, so maybe I missed that part where they say, report on things before you even begin to study them or look into them. But as far as I'm concerned, you look into things before reporting them, right? That's what I, I mean, that's, hey, call me crazy, call me crazy. I thought we were all on the same page with that, but apparently in order to work for a mainstream media outlet like the Post and Courier, you're supposed to do literally the opposite of research. Right? So I'm just saying, don't think that it's over. Do you remember in Pickens, we got the book stamped removed. We got it removed from all the classrooms. We got it removed from all the libraries in Pickens, South Carolina. 
Well, now, by unanimous decision, they have decided to allow the book stamped for kids by Ibram X. Kendi, the premier messiah of critical race theory. They've demanded that it be placed back in every single school library in the in the county. Why? Why? Well, let me tell you, because lawyers are trash. The ACLU sued them and lawyers are risk averse and they are willing to do anything to keep things out of litigation. And they scared the school board based on that frivolous ACLU equity-based nonsense lawsuit that was levied against Pickens and their school board for doing what they were literally elected to do, decide what is and is not appropriate for the children of your school district. The ACLU filed a frivolous lawsuit and the lawyer who's working with the school board scared the school board into giving up the fight. No, we'll fight it later, guys. Don't worry. No, you won't. No, you sh shut up. Stop. Okay. I think we, the people, have had enough of the empty promises, the we'll get them next times, and the let's back off and compromise. We've had enough of that because the only thing that has led to is the problem continuing to worsen. How bad do you think the problem will be allowed to get by we the people? How often do you think that people will retreat under the guise of a promise of a better tomorrow? Because I think, I think we're running out of excuses. I don't think you're going to be allowed to get away with doing that for much longer. How long do you think that the people will buy into this this switch, this bait and switch system that's going on. You know, I'm going to play something for you right now that uh, some of you may have heard already. Some of you might not have, though. I heard a pastor the other day. And he was talking about the change of language, and I and I had something to say about it. I'm just going to go ahead. This is their most powerful weapon. Two two weapons: changing language and gaslighting. Gaslighting in the sense that they, they call you, uh, they, they dehumanize you and call you every name in the book when you uncover or discover something and put that information out until it becomes undeniable. And then they pretend like that's the view they've held all along. That's one way that they manipulate you to no end. The other way is the manipulation of language and changing language to mean different things. Listen to this. I don't know who this man is. I don't know if he's right or wrong on any of the other things that he preaches on, but I know that he's right here. Satan will change the name of sin to make sin adaptable to accept. So instead of changing our ways, we will change the wording. Instead of pedophilia, we'll call it minor attracted people. Instead of mental illness, let's call it gender dysphoria. Instead of gender mutilation, let's call it gender transitioning. Instead of lust, let's call it love. Instead of calling it a spiritual battle of good and evil, let's call it 
political. Let's call it a, a phobia. Let's call it hate speech. Call it something else. It's no longer sin. It's a complex. It's an addiction. It's in a disorder. It's an obsession. So we don't feel bad about our sins. We change the name of them. And when we hear the truth preached, we feel conviction, but we condemn the preacher as hate speech. Manipulation of language, manipulating and convincing the American people of things that are inherently false. It's almost as if when you're listening to them, you're hearing somebody from the actual novel 1984 by George Orwell speaking about what is going on in their fantasy world, but also, and this is the worst part, it's what's going on in our nation today. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? You would be insane to try and convince me that that is not a perfect description of today's celebrity culture, which distracts low information voters from what's really going on in American society today, leading them to vote for whoever's going to give them the most in the short term against their own interests in the mid to long term. That's what's happening. You're not going to be able to speak about women's rights because you will be arrested or denigrated or ostracized or censored if you even attempt to define what a woman is. How can women's rights exist if women don't exist? Do you see? And this pastor, whoever he is, he nails what is happening. And the power of manipulating language in the thoughts and, and the mindset of the average American. It might be accidental, but he stumbles on something that's perfectly illustrated by this quote in 1984. Don't you see the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? We shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. 1984, this book that was a warning by George Orwell, but which has now become the de facto training manual of every leftist in America. The party removes the power of an individual over his mind, and they use language to implant their own ideas so that they can take absolute power. That is the goal of Newspeak. That is the goal of redefining reality through various vague terminology. That's why in the UK, they're not even allowed to use the term vagina. They have to say bonus hole. You think that's a lie? Look here. It's not a lie. I'm not lying to you. This is the fact of the matter. Changing language. We think using language. That's the way we think. If they change the language, especially to the extremes that they're attempting to change it now, they change the thought process, and that's how they control us. Don't doubt me. You know what? Whatever. Doubt me and pay the consequences. I'm not wrong, but I hope that you figure it out before they put you in a concentration camp, which they have deemed the love school. Okay? I hope you figure it out before that happens. Just like what was written over Auschwitz. Work shall set you free. Free means death. Work means slavery. But if that's the way you guys want to play it left in America, if that's the way you want to play it, good luck. Because I don't think you're going to be the ones that survive those purges that the elite globalists who have taken over so many bureaucracies in our nation. I don't think you're going to be the ones that survive that.
I mean, hey, play your odds, I guess. But good luck. My name's Corey Allen, and I am the founder of The Overton Report, and we are coming after the left, and we will never stop, no matter how much every single corporate media outlet in the state of South Carolina or the United States as a whole comes after us. We will never stop. Come and get me. Come and get me. There you have it. What what else can you really say? Listen, guys, the only way we defeat this is by coming together, understanding where we agree, because those are generally my fellow conservatives, the main points that we must accomplish, that we must push forward and accomplish, because otherwise everything else is meaningless. The small little things that we conservatives may disagree on or may have uh, different solutions for the same problem, the problem which we once again agree on, those little things are entirely moot. They're meaningless unless we fix these main systemic problems in our nation today. Unless we can gather enough people and express our views clearly enough to come together and defeat what we all know is the enemy on those core issues. We are doomed, we are lost, we are useless. So I'm asking you to join me, help me, and allow me to help you. Let's work together and let's defeat who we know are the true enemies of liberty individualism, merit, freedom, and America. Because otherwise, what are we even doing here? You can catch us every Tuesday night on BigPatriotRadio.com. You can find us at TheOvertonReport.substack.com. You can search Overton Report on Facebook and I will pop up Corey Allen. Or you can go to Facebook.com slash Overton. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, at the Overton Report, same with Rumble. Uh, it's at Overton Report on Telegram. I, I definitely suggest signing up for the OvertonReport.substack.com because that's where you're going to get everything sent directly to your inbox, uncensored, unthrottled. It'll always be there. All you got to do is put your email address in and it'll never be sold, never be used anywhere else. It's perfectly safe right there. We don't have a lot of time to save our republic. You keep fighting for the truth and staying away from gossip and rumor and nonsense that distracts you from the truth. We'll be there right by your side, fighting with you. And as always, if you have a tip, send it directly to us, theovertonreport at gmail.com, or send it to me on Messenger. You'll always be anonymous. Whistleblowers are the only way that the Overton Report remains effective. We appreciate your support so, so very much. Thank you all for tuning in. My name is Corey Allen, and this has been the Overton Report. <laughs>